Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today we will be previewing tonight's slate of college basketball action for DFS purposes on FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, side note, FanDuel, where, where are your full contests at? Like I see the single game ones, but we're really wanting the full lineup college basketball experience there on FanDuel. Uh, and I'm disappointed they kind of haven't done that yet this season. Anyway, no episode yesterday was a very small slate on DraftKings, and I'll be honest, uh, I don't really have a whole lot of expertise to offer on Kennesaw State versus Charleston Southern. So kind of sat out doing an episode yesterday, still did a write-up and a full lineup, which are available on the Patreon. If you want my full DFS lineups that I play every night, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Uh, the Patreon lineups have currently cashed five weeknights in a row, so i um, hoping we keep the streak rolling tonight. Um, I'm going to be using some of the players here mentioned in this podcast episode, but also going to be filling it out with some other guys as well. All right, so uh, no college football content this week means we can take a little bit more of a focus on college basketball and NFL content coming your way. So make sure you stay tuned to the podcast feed the rest of the week. We will have an episode coming out every day. And make sure if you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please rate and subscribe and help get the word out. I am trying to grow this listener base as much as possible. And also, if you want some stats and facts that I don't always get to on the podcast, follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. All right, so... Uh, let's go ahead and dive into this really intriguing slate of Tuesday night college basketball games. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. So on this episode, we are going to break down the two marquee games of the night that are on this slate on DraftKings. And then we will talk about some high-priced, mid-priced, and low-priced options looking at the rest of the board that is not involved in these two games. So both the marquee games tonight will be taking place at the Jimmy V Classic in Madison Square Garden. The first marquee game is Illinois at Texas. Texas is currently a three-point favorite, and the over-under, the point total in this game is 140, which is second on the slate. So, let's start with Illinois. So, Illinois, their main guy is Terrence Shannon Jr. He is currently the seventh highest usage player on the slate. They've pretty much redone their offense in the past two weeks and made it focus a lot around Terrence Shannon and getting the basketball in his hands. Previously, at his former stops at Stephen F. Austin and Oklahoma State and even at Illinois for a long time, Brad Underwood runs this spread offense where it's kind of dependent on passing to move the ball, not really dribbling, and not really isolation-type plays. So it didn't really bode well for a high-usage guard until he got Io Desumu. He started still running the spread, except he would kind of incorporate dribble handoffs and ball screens into it. And now he is kind of back to doing that with Terrence Shannon as the guy with the ball in his hands. So... It generates a lot of usage for Terrence Shannon, but I think he's kind of overpriced on DraftKings right now. If you look at his current salary, he has five out of eight games where he is over 34 fantasy points, which is close to four times his current salary. So I don't know. I, I really like him as a player. I really like what they're doing there in Illinois, but I just don't think that he is a great value at this price. And I think that Texas is also a really good team at defending guards. So I think that Terrence Shannon got a little bit of an uphill battle there tonight. Coleman Hawkins is Illinois' second 
highest-priced player on DraftKings, and he's got back-to-back games over 34 points. So he is one of the guys that he is use, he's being used in ball screens and in dribble handoffs with Terrence Shannon. He's becoming their second offensive option, as well as always being a great rebounder and assist guy from the forward position. So I think that he's definitely worth a look tonight. The back-to-back games over 44 po- or 34 fantasy points is a really encouraging sign, and I think that Coleman Hawkins you can definitely go back to at his current salary. Dane Danger. I sure hope I'm saying that correctly. Anyway, Danger started off the season on fire, but he has cooled off since. Now, bigs seem to be a way that you can exploit Texas's defense a little bit. Creighton's Ryan Kalkbrenner just had 20 points and 13 rebounds against Texas, but Kalkbrenner's a true seven-footer. Dane Danger's more like 6'9". So I don't know if you can expect that same production out of Danger, but the matchup is definitely there that you can exploit Texas's defense with the bigs, which is not something you say very often about Texas's defense because they're a very good defensive basketball team. Matthew Mayer, the baseball transfer. I'm sorry, not the baseball transfer, the Baylor transfer. He does kind of look like a baseball player, though. Anyway, Matthew Mayer, the Baylor transfer. He has lit up Texas in the past at Baylor, but there is very little consistency in his minutes or production. He is still trying to find his niche on this Illinois team, and I just, I don't know, I I, I just can't get there paying this price for him. If he was, like, in the 4K range, I would say yes, but in the 5K range, nope, pass. Next up for Illinois is R.J. Melendez. He is a guy that I was very high on last Friday night, if you listened to the podcast then. And not to toot my own horn, but I was kind of right. He has three straight games over 25 fantasy points, and he has a season high in minutes his last game that he played. He is starting to become more and more of a factor as Illinois retools this offense to be more of a ball screen and dribble handoff offense while incorporating Brad Underwood's spread principles. R.J. Melendez is a guy who's seeing his usage go up, and I really like him at this price tag. Last guy in the rotation that I think you can play on DraftKings is Jaden Epps. In my opinion, he is a high upside player at his current price tag. He set over 24 fantasy points three times this season, which would be exactly six times value at his $4,000 price tag, but he hasn't been very consistent. So if you're looking for a GPP play, you know, a guy that you can play in tournaments that has a high ceiling, I think that Jaden Epps can be that guy. Uh, I also think that if you are just looking for upside and you're looking to stack a game, I think Jaden Epps can be that guy. But if you're looking for somebody who's a consistent option, he is not that guy at $4,000. All right, so now let's flip it over to the Texas Longhorns. So on this Texas team, everything goes through Marcus Carr and Tyrese Hunter. So it has been a joy to watch these two plays so far, especially as a Texas fan. I'll admit I'm a little biased, but that does mean I have a little more knowledge. So these two guards, the way they play off each other just really, really flows. And it's not like a my turn, your turn thing. It's like a playing together conjunction. It just within the flow of the offense. And it is really pretty to watch. And I just, you know, I really liked Andrew Jones and Courtney Ramey at Texas, but they did not play off of Marcus Carr in this way. And Marcus Carr did not play off of them in this way. And so it never really meshed offensively last season. And it looks like this season with Carr and Hunter, it is. So, Now let's talk about it from a fantasy perspective. For their current salaries, Carr has hit four times value only twice, and Hunter has hit four times value only once, which was over five times value against Gonzaga. So we're talking about some great real-life players who have very consistent production, 
but that production is not necessarily enough to play them at their current price tag. You would need an absolute ceiling day from one of these two guys to make it worth your while to play them, and I think that Illinois is going to be a tough team to hit your ceiling against. So I don't know if I will be playing either of these two guys. I think I will be getting Longhorns into my lineup. If I was playing a cash game, I would be more intrigued to play these two guys, but in a tournament, I just don't see the entire upside there. Next up for Texas is Timmy Allen, who was Texas's best offensive player last season. He was the guy that, you know, at the end of games, the ball was in his hands and, you know, they trusted him to make all the decisions with the basketball. And he had 25 fantasy points last time out against Creighton in only 26 minutes played. So what that means is they're still showing a little bit of tendencies that when they play a tight game against quality competition, Timmy Allen is going to be the guy that, you know, gets the basketball and gets to take some shots. And so I think that the price tag he's at right now is currently very affordable for this role that he's in right now. And I think that he's definitely an option for tonight in cash game and tournaments because I think that the Timmy Allen ceiling game is coming. I don't know if it'll be tonight, but it will happen at some point in one of these tight games against a good ball club. Dylan Mitchell, the other starting forward for Texas, is a high-floor cash game option. Um, I think that at his price tag, he doesn't have enough upside to be played in a tournament, but I do think he is a consistent contributor and is a great cash game option. Dylan DeSue has not played in 20 or has not played in more than 22 minutes all season long. However, when he's out on the floor, he averages over one fantasy point per minute. So what that means is he is an efficient producer of fantasy points, but his upside is capped by the number of minutes that he's going to play. So if we ever get a situation where we can isolate it and say, okay, this is a night where Timmy Allen and Dylan Mitchell might get in foul trouble, or this is a night where Timmy Allen and Dylan Mitchell are going to struggle because of their lack of size, that would mean more minutes for Dylan DeSue, and that would mean more production for Dylan DeSue. I don't think tonight is that night because I don't think Illinois runs everything through the bigs like some other teams out there in college basketball. So I think that he's a solid option to play at his price tag, but I just don't think I'm going to get there tonight on Dylan DeSue. Now, the remaining parts of the rotation, Christian Bishop, no consistency in his minutes or his production, and he's another backup big for this team that you're going to need Mitchell or Allen to get in foul trouble, so I'm just going to pass on Christian Bishop. Serge Abari Rice. Serge Abari Rice. That's more difficult to say than I thought it was. His game log is currently glitched on DraftKings. He has not only played in one game this season. He's played in all of them, and since his game log is glitched, he is now mispriced. He averages close to five times his current value. So if you are looking to kind of get one over on DraftKings, Serge Barry Rice will be the guy. Now, obviously, he still has to go out there and play well, but he's definitely much more likely to hit his value at his current price tag than he was a week ago when his game log was there and he was $6,000 on DraftKings. The last two guys at the end of this rotation are Brock Cunningham and Arterio Morris. Um, you know, they're both going to get minutes. They're both going to, you know, see the floor. But I don't think that they're going to contribute enough on fantasy to give you value at their current price tags. Now, marquee game number two is going to be Iowa at Duke. Well, I say at Duke, but it is in the GBV Classic. It's in Madison Square Garden. Duke is two-and-a-half-point favorites, and the over-under is 146.5, which is the highest on the slate. So we are looking at a close High-scoring basketball game between two teams that like to run. This would be the game to stack if you are stacking tonight. Now for Iowa, Chris Murray. 
is their guy. He is sixth on the slate out of eligible players in usage, and he is a huge ceiling player. He had 68 fantasy points last game. He's also had games this season where he hit 46 and 49, and his season low this season has been 27 fantasy points, which is still three times value at his current salary. So I think that he is definitely the elite option tonight. I don't know who Duke is going to try to defend him with. If it's Ryan Young, I think he's going to have a really easy time. That's just me personally. And so I think that Chris Murray is probably the high-priced option that I would be going with to start my lineups tonight based off of his ceiling and based off of his usage. He is pretty much a lock to get 30 fantasy points, and even 30 fantasy points wouldn't kill you at his current salary. Patrick McCaffrey. The coach's son has a combined 14 fantasy points in two games uh, after back-to-back 30 fantasy point performances before those two. So just not seeing a whole lot of consistency out of McCaffrey. If he were about $1,000 cheaper on DraftKings, I would be more intrigued to play him, but I'm just not interested at his current price tag. Philip Rabrasa is Iowa's true big, and he's going to be going directly against Kyle Filipowski, the talented freshman from Duke. And Rabrasa has hit four times value for his current salary in three out of seven games this season. He's got a ceiling of 38 fantasy points and a low of 17 fantasy points this season. He has not been under 21 minutes per game, which in all honesty for a big man is not a bad stat. Like It's hard for these big fellas to stay out on the floor, especially for a team that runs like Iowa does. So I think that Rabrasa, I just, I don't know. If I'm stacking the game, he's a guy I want in my lineup. But if I'm not stacking the game, I will probably pass on Rabrasa tonight. Tony Perkins is Iowa's point guard, and he is seeing less usage as the season goes on, but the minutes have been consistent. He's been out on the floor. He just hasn't seen the same usage night in and night out, but like I said, if you're stacking this game, he's definitely an option. Peyton Sanford is a backup for Iowa whose ceiling is capped by his minutes. He averages very close to one fantasy point per minute, and he has hit five times current value twice this season. So, sorry. If you were looking at stacking the game, he's definitely an option. Sorry for the yawn there, y'all. It's a little early in the morning here. (laughs) Now, next up is Connor McCaffrey, the other coach's son. So he had just torched Georgia Tech for 32 fantasy points, and his previous high this season was 22 fantasy points, and he had eight fantasy points each in his previous two games. What this boils down to is a very inconsistent but high upside option. And so Connor McCaffrey is definitely a guy that you can roll out in GPPs or in game stacks tonight because of that ceiling that he gives you, especially with that 32 fantasy point performance against Georgia Tech. At that price tag, 32 fantasy points is going to really help you win your night. The end of the rotation is Aaron Euless, and he's probably only a guy I would be interested in if I was stacking the game. Now let's switch it on over for Duke. So Kyle Filipowski is their most talented player, in my opinion. He's a freshman. He's been great so far this season, and he is fifth on the slate in usage. Among all eligible players, he is getting the basketball in his hands, the fifth most out of everybody. That's impressive. Now, when we talk about fantasy points, the low that he had this season was 24 fantasy points, where he was going up against Zach Eady of Purdue. He's not going up against Zach Eady tonight, and this is a more high-tempo game than Purdue. So I definitely think Kyle Filipowski is a solid play. I would personally prefer Chris Murray, but I have no problem starting off your lineup with Kyle Filipowski. Jeremy Roach is a guy that I've mentioned on the podcast numerous times so far this season, and his price is finally at a point where I would consider playing him, and I think that he's definitely an option tonight against Iowa. Ryan Young is a super inconsistent big for Duke, 
So Ryan Young is interesting because he's starting in what is supposed to be Derek Lively's starting spot. You know, Derek Lively was a very highly recruited freshman coming in. And so those two are kind of split in minutes. And Ryan Young has been really inconsistent. And splitting those minutes kind of cap his production. To me, like I've said about numerous guys so far, he's intriguing in a game stack, but I'm not interested overall. Mark Mitchell was great at the start of the season for Duke, but he's cooled off since Duke started playing like, you know, real opponents, not just, you know, mid-majors. So I think that, you know, I don't know. I just, in a game that's going to be close, in a game that's going to be against good competition, I don't think I'm as intrigued to play Mark Mitchell. Now, Derek Lively, I already mentioned him earlier. He was a highly recruited freshman, and his price tag's really low. Look, at the end of the day, there's some guys where I'm willing to just trust the talent. And I know that the talent's there with Derek Lively at his current price tag. He's the most talented player at that price tag, in my opinion. And he averages about 0.8 fantasy points per minute. So if there's ever just the game where, you know, Shire starts to gain trust in him and leaves him out there on the floor, and he's going to continue to get 0.8 fantasy points per minute at 30 minutes, look, that's going to easily pay off his salary. So I think that the Derek Lively game is coming. It might be tonight. It's definitely worth the upside to play him in a tournament lineup tonight because of that upside and that talent that he possesses. Now, last two guys that I want to talk about are guys that I think are steals at their current price tag on DraftKings, and that is Tyrese Proctor. He has three straight games over 4.5 times his value at his current salary. And then Jacob Grandison, who has six games this season over four times his current salary, three of which are over five times his current salary. And he's had back-to-back five times performances, and he hasn't really seen a price adjustment. He's still down there in the 3Ks. So I think Jacob Grandison, Jacob he's going to be very high-owned because people know about him, but I think that the value is there to put him in your lineups in any format tonight. All right, that does it for the marquee games. Let's now flip on over and talk about some other options that we you know, got to use to fill out our lineups with. All right, so here's how we're going to break this down. We're going to go high-priced, mid-priced, and low-priced for guards and then forwards. So the high-priced guard that I like is Jameer Young from Maryland, and he is $8,000 on DraftKings. He has three straight games over 35 fantasy points, and he is fourth on the slate in usage. He was a super high-usage guard at Charlotte. He was an all-conference USA performer on a bad basketball team last year. And the transfer to Maryland, he's doing the same things, and he's just doing it in a different uniform. He is a bucket getter in the true sense of the word, and he is a guy that, as the season goes on, he's only going to see more and more usage for this Maryland team who needs to win a lot of big games if they want to get back to the NCAA tournament this season. Now, if you need proof that he's a high-usage player, he took 20 shots last game. That's quite a lot, and I think it'll continue for this Maryland basketball team. I really like Jameer Young tonight. Chuck Harris of Butler is my mid-priced option at $6,200. And honestly, what does this guy have to do to get a price hike? He has three straight games over 26 fantasy points. He had 46 fantasy points last game in 40 minutes, and he has currently averaging 22% usage rate on 33 minutes per game. For reference, Jameer Young, you know, the super high usage player that I just mentioned, 28%. So that's a fairly marginal increase over a guy who's, you know, $1,800 cheaper on DraftKings. And I like Jameer Young. Now, let's look at this game a little bit closer too. Butler is implied 70 points against Yale. And Chuck Harris has been absolutely crazy when Butler gets to 70 points. So he's a guy that I definitely want to get in my lineups tonight. And I don't think you have to work too hard because of that price tag at only $6,200. For the value guard, 
I was very tempted to go with Connor Asijan of Wisconsin, but I really like Marjorie McBride of Georgia. So last game out, Georgia had two of their best players, Roberts and Okendo, injured and out of the lineup, and McBride had 38 fantasy points in 34 minutes. Now, the question is whether both these guys will miss the game again. From everything I have seen, I definitely expect Oquendo to miss this game. Roberts, I think, is more of a question mark. Roberts might be more likely to play, even if he is not 100%. But McBride, he's shown that upside with those two guys out. And I think even if just one of them miss, I think that he's got that upside. His previous season high was 22 fantasy points on 24 minutes. So if you see the minutes you know, a little bit closer to 30 with just one of them missing, then I think you can see the fantasy points get to around 30 as well. Now let's talk forwards. So the high-priced forward that I like, I was very tempted to go with Manny Bates. He's got a super high ceiling because of his rebounds and blocks, but I'm going to make it officially Tyler Wall of Wisconsin at $8,100. His only bad fantasy performance so far this season was against Dayton, and Dayton is an elite defensive team that kind of turns every game into a rock fight. And his matchup in that game was Tumani Kamara, who he just had nothing for. You know, he was less athletic and he couldn't really shoot over Kamara or, you know, get around Kamara. So um, I I don't think that there's going to be matchup problems tonight. And Tyler Wall this season, if you look at his game log, he's had two games this season over 40 fantasy points. And Wisconsin, they're a great defensive team, but they're going to have to put the ball in the bucket if they want to keep up with Maryland. And I think that Wall is going to be the guy that they have to run things through. He's one of the highest usage players on the slate. Now, for the mid-price forwards, Caleb Boone of Oklahoma State at $6,300 is my guy. So Sam Houston State has had a pretty surprising start to the season. They've had some big wins, and they play fast. And Oklahoma State is 10.5-point favorites over them. So you're looking at an Oklahoma State team who is going to score some points tonight if they're going to win this game. And Caleb Boone just had 28 fantasy points in 34 minutes against UConn. So the translation there is that he's going to play more minutes and have more usage in big games. And I think this is a game that Oklahoma State has to get. You know, Sam Houston, like I said, they've got a good good start to the season. And I think that this could turn into a close game, which will be good news for Caleb Boone, who averages 24 fantasy points in close games so far this season. Now for the value forward. In my opinion, multiple Yale players on this slate are mispriced. It's Yale's first time on DraftKings this season. And so one of them that I think is mispriced is Matt Nolink, and he is $5,400. He is Yale's leading scorer, and he's only $5,400. Look, anytime you can get a leading scorer in the 5K range on DraftKings, you got to jump over that opportunity. Um, Just because Yale's supposed to lose this game to Butler doesn't mean that they're not going to score any points. And at that current salary of $5,400, Matt Noling has had five out of eight games hit five times value his salary, and we really like five times value anytime somebody can get that on DraftKings. All right, so there is six, I think I even mentioned a few more names, so maybe seven or eight additional options that you can put into your lineups out of the two marquee games that I mentioned. So basically, we just went over a lot of guys that, you know, you should be able to fill your lineup just with guys we mentioned here on this podcast tonight. I think this was good analysis. Like I said, if you want my full DFS lineups, we've cashed five weeknights in a row, y'all. Head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And if you want some extra stats and facts that I did not get to here on the pod, follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I will be more than happy to answer any start, sit, and lineup questions that you might have as well. All right, so make sure you stay tuned the rest of the week. We are going to have NFL and more college basketball content coming your way on the podcast. Rate and subscribe if in 
Follow the podcast feed if you want those episodes. I really appreciate you guys' support. Really, thank you to everybody out there who's been a loyal listener from the start. And let's hope that our DFS lineup's cashing in tonight, fellas. So um, let's go ahead and get on out. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all next time. <music>